this week I saw an article from a newspaper, and you know, this time of year, a lot of people do this, and I believe this actually happened last year, but in elementary class, what they do in school often is say, you know, write down what you're thankful for, and you guys maybe did that this year at school, so they, they published them actually in the paper, which they do sometimes, so I want to read you a couple of them, because they were, they, they were some were very sweet, and, and one got my attention. One says, I'm thankful for my family, for God, and for Miss Clary. I want to go to the school that allows this to be printed in there still, because now you can't say God anymore. Um, in fact, that's another article that's really funny, you know. Three kids sitting in the office and going, you know, what are you here for? I said the S word. What are you here for? I said the F word. What are you here for? I said Christmas. <laughs> Anyways, the, another one says, I'm thankful for God and for Jesus. And then another one, you know, Miss Clary must be a great teacher because somebody else says, I'm thankful for Miss Clary and my family, etc. But the one that got my attention was this. I'm thankful for all the dead people because at least they tried. <laughs> Out of the mouths of eight-year-olds, right? <laughs> well, at least they tried. So this morning, we'll, we'll give you credit if you just try to stay awake, and, uh, and we'll be thankful for that. You turn with me to uh, Psalms, which is about the middle of your Bible, and go to Psalm 100 as you're flipping there. Psalm 100 is really a beautiful psalm. It's, it's one of my favorite. Uh, when I came to the Lord, we used to sing it in a song. And so it's, it's just really good. And as we go there, let's turn our hearts. Lord, we thank you for what you've begun to do this morning in our midst. God, uh, you've spoken to us. You've, you've drawn us close to yourself. And uh, we just pray that you'll continue to speak to us through this time in the Word. Open up our hearts and help us to receive the things that you want to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm reading from New King James. So if you have a different version, it may sound a little bit different. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. I know that Pastor Jeff is humming right now to this song because we've sung it so many times. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations <laughs> wow that is a a great great psalm it's it's such an encouragement this morning we're going to talk about uh, some different parts of this um of this uh, of this passage you know it's not uncommon for people to be compiling christmas lists in fact right now i'm looking you know there were some younger people and I, you know, writing their list of what do you want for Christmas. And so a lot of people, even some of us adults, you know, you might exchange gifts with one another and you're writing your little lists of things you want or big lists of things you want. New Year's, we, we often write lists for New Year's, you know, resolutions. This year I plan to, I plan to. So lists are kind of common with holidays, but how many of us are making our lists for Thanksgiving? Now, our list, you know, my wife wrote out a list, you know, yesterday, and it's all the stuff we have to buy you know, to cook all of the food. But that's not the list we're talking about. We're talking about a list of things that, that would say, I am thankful for this. I am thankful for this. In fact, the kids in, in 
Kids Zone a few weeks ago. They talked about Thanksgiving, and we're encouraged, if you have kids, I'd uh, encourage you to check with them to see how they're doing, but they were given a little book, and each day they're just supposed to write one thing each day, what I'm thankful for, just to do it for, I think it was for a month, for a whole year. Each, each day, just write something I'm thankful for. I think we should make us a hundred books and do the same thing. Because we need to be, you know, think about what are we thankful for. But this time of year is a great time to be thinking about what we're thankful for. Um, some some housewives, there were some housewives and they compiled their thankful lists and they said things like this, I'm thankful for automatic dishwashers because they make it possible for us to get out of the kitchen before the family comes back in for their dinner after dinner snacks. One wife was thankful for husbands who attack small repair jobs around the house because they usually make them big enough to call in the professionals. <laughs> Another wife was thankful for children who put away their things and clean up after themselves. They're such a joy, you hate to see them go home to their own parents. <laughs> that one took me a second, huh? Oh yeah, because my kids don't clean up, only the guest kids clean up, okay. Um, I'm thankful for teenagers because they give parents an opportunity to learn a second language. <laughs> LOL, JK. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> See, we're learning a second language. <laughs> I'm thankful for smoke alarms because they let you know when the turkey's done. <laughs> you know, and I do remember, I don't remember if it was, I think it was Christmas because we had the red tablecloth on when something we cooked caught on fire on the table and caught the, the tablecloth on fire too. I, I, I just remember the red the red tablecloth on fire right in the center of it. So I don't know if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, but I knew that we kept it for years after that. And so we always had to put the platter of something in the middle of the table to cover up the hole. <laughs> and I'm sure none of you have ever done that in your houses. But... Uh, you know, if, if we were to make a, you know, a list, I'm sure it would include some other things if we were serious, not just material possessions, but, but it would begin to help, it would begin to think of all the things we're, we're thankful for. In fact, I think that if we spent some time, we'd be mostly thankful for relationships. And, um, you know, if we did that one thing, a, if we did that one thing a day, you know, we would begin to really run out of the big things. But we'd actually begin to realize, I'm thankful for sunshine. I'm thankful for the snow. I'm thankful, and we just begin to compile a list. Um, there is so much to be thankful for. I'm thankful for so many things personally. My God has blessed me with an amazing wife and wonderful children. I was going to say three wonderful children. <laughs> All of you who know I have four go, well, you can guess which ones. No, I'm just kidding. I'm thankful for, for my amazing kids, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to be part of a church family um, like this that's it's so loving. I mean, you know, we, everyone pulled together yesterday for Brandon Stangle's celebration of life, and 
Um, people just worked incredibly hard to make that happen. And, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful for all of these things, and I'm sure you are, but I'm thankful for my salvation above all. You know, the song just says it right. I once was lost, now I'm found. Jesus came into my life, and, and he, he came into my life when I was just a young boy, but I dedicated my life to him. It's like he, he let me kind of begin to wander for a few years, and at about 15, 16, you know, he says, you've wandered far enough, long enough, and, and, he, and he pulled me back himself, and my life has never been the same. Um, and so there's so much to be thankful as we're coming into this thankful weekend. You know, and I don't know if it's if you've ever thought about this, but in preparing for Thanksgiving, we go back and think of the original um, pilgrims. You know, the, those that came over um, on the Mayflower. They were separatists. It's a, it's a great story, and it's it's there's parts of it that aren't our finest hour, to be sure. Um, and those things are coming up more in the schools. And there, there was things that we were, we took part in as uh, you know sojourners over here that that you know weren't um, weren't great, but. But yet, they did establish that first Thanksgiving when the Indians, when the Native Americans came and they helped them you know, learn actually how to plant and, and do the things um, that they did. You know, if you think about these people, if you hear their story and read their accounts, you know, obviously we know they had no home. You know, when they got off, they landed in the wrong spot when, the, when they actually landed. And they weren't where they wanted to be. And the, it was winter and they began, to, people began to die um, they lost so many people that first year um, from, from being sick. They tried to build their homes, but they didn't have homes when they got there. They didn't have a government agency. They were it. Uh, nobody was going to come in and give them cash to help, uh, you know, build their homes, or there was no um, government assistance at all. You know, we, we all, we all uh, receive some type of blessings from the government. Even if you go, no, you know what, I don't, I don't receive anything. Well, if you went to the park or drove on the roads or anything else, we all have these things. They had nothing. Their transportation was were their legs. They were the, the most you know underprivileged people, and they didn't know how to live in the land that they were living in. The Native Americans lived it all the time, but we came over and didn't know how to even live. They're probably the most underprivileged Americans ever in the history of this country. Um, of course, even if they had money, there was no place to spend it. Um, but. Uh, were they really underprivileged? You know, they had a, they had some assets, and it's these assets that that brought us here. They had initiative, they had courage, they had a discipline, they had a willingness to work, and they had something that's not said very often. They had a boundless faith in God. And I love that old term, boundless faith in God. It means they would just serve God wholeheartedly, and um, all of our forefathers they had that, and we celebrate that this. This year, the thanksgiving of what God has done, what he did originally, but then we can take a few moments to really be thankful for what God is doing in our life. But thinking back to the beginning times, and, and even just a hundred or so years later, the Declaration of Independence, when that was signed, it, it, it said this, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And then at the end of the document, it says, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. You know, those people who founded this nation, they really knew who God was and where their blessings came from. From the very beginning all the way up. Uh, today, we've walked really far away from that as a nation. 
we want to reject God. We don't, but the, the people are wanting to reject God and throw him out and not express any thanksgiving to him. Um, but George Washington, he had it right. And in 1789, he gave a proclamation. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read some of these um, declarations. By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. To obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas, this would be amazing, both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal fa favors of Almighty God. Now therefore I do recommend and assign Thursday the 26th day of November next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the benef beneficent author of all good that was, that is, or that will be. That was the first presidential proclamation. Wow. But you know, the founding fathers weren't Christians. So we're going to pause and we're going to take a moment this coming Thursday to celebrate Thanksgiving. And you would assume or think that uh, because of the example of our forefathers that we would be the most thankful people uh, on the earth because, because truly this nation is the most blessed nation on the earth. And it's, it's, it's just true. No matter what we think, no matter how we feel about our situation, we are a very blessed people. But we're finding it's the opposite, that we're, we're not feeling blessed, we're not thankful. In fact, often the more we get, the less thankful we are. I don't know how that happens, but I think it's something we all have to fight against. The more we get, the less thankful we become and uh, the less mindful of God we are. I think it's because we've accomplished so much on our own, that we can do so much on our own. We, as a people, um, become less mindful of God, and then actually then we go and say, well, now that I have this, I really want this too. The 100th Psalm was written to deal with an attitude, I think, to remind us that we need to be thankful to God. And so... Um, who was the Psalm 100 written to? Well, it, it says it right there. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. And it closes up with, his truth endures to all generations. It's for everyone. It was written for all of us. Specifically, in the moment, he was writing to the Jews, to the, to the, you know, the Israelites at this point, right? Who had come out of the Egypt, who'd come out through the, the, the desert of wanderings, they were in their new promised land, and he was saying, listen, God has blessed us so very much. Let's not forget where we came from and all the blessings that we have today. But as you read, as we got into the end of Joshua, and, and we uh, talked a little bit about going into the book of Judges, and we've read the Old Testament, we know it doesn't take the people very long to forget where they came from. And the same thing I can say for us. It didn't take us very long to forget where we come from. You know, raising kids, we raise, and we do, we have four amazing, amazing kids. 
And but but we watched even with them. We'd raise them up and sometimes they'd get something, but then you know they want something else. And we said, you know, you know, can't you be you know thankful? Well, we realized as parents that thankfulness is not the default of a child. Let that sink in for a minute. Thankfulness is not the default of a child. Children learn thankfulness because they're taught it. They're taught to be grateful. And, and we need to be taught to be grateful as adults. We need to be come back to these reminders that there is so much that God has done, it, done for us. And so Psalm 100 is really a great message of thanksgiving. And, um, you know, I don't know if you have ever thought about it. There's not a lot of nations, actually, that do have a thanksgiving. There are a few. Of course, Canada has a, a day of thanksgiving. We do. Um, and other nations don't call it thanksgiving. I think the Philippines actually might call it thanksgiving. But other countries have days where they celebrate the harvest, where they're thankful for the harvest. And so there are a lot. Of, there are some nations... But by and large, it's a, it's a minority of the countries that actually have set apart a day to give thanks. Now, we have a lot of holidays in this, in this nation, but all of our holidays are, are honoring something. It's a birthday, it's, the, it's veterans, it's those who died. Thanksgiving is a day to give thanks. We give thanks to the Lord. God for all of he all that he's done for us and so we have to be careful in our generation I think in our culture even today if things are you know more difficult than they were to um, not let our thanksgiving be determined by how much we have and that's hard that's hard because if you're struggling this year we, we've learned that, you know, we even say, you know, Lord, I'm thankful for, and we start naming all the things that we have. But we also need to learn, and moreover, more, more so, need to learn to be thankful for who God is and what he's done inside of us and leave that material side. And we, yes, we live in it, and those can be blessings from God, but anyone who's also ever uh, had any affluence can also attest to things can also be a blessing from God and they can also be a curse. You know, the love of things and, and, and you know, even taking care. I've, heard, I've had, talked to people who, who've had stuff and didn't have stuff and they said, you know, when I had stuff, I was always worried about taking care of it. I was always worried about somebody stealing it. I was always worried about losing it. And so those aren't the things that we're primarily thankful for. But we need to be thankful for who God is and what he's done inside of our lives. Um, and so, you know, the psalmist, I think, says that, and our experience confirms that things get stolen, they fade away, they're gone. But God, he's always there. Amen. Pastor Jeff shared a story yesterday um, at the celebration of life for Brandon. And it was about the turtle on the fence post. And it's a great story. Well, Alex Haley, the author who wrote for from the older people who wrote the book, wrote the, the book Roots and the and the show that the miniseries that went along with it, he became successful and, and became affluent. Well, he kept a painting of a turtle 
on a fence post in his office. And he was asked, what's the, the fence post turtle thing going on there? This Pastor Jeff shared this yesterday. And he said, when you see a turtle on a fence post, you know that it didn't get there by itself. You know it had help. And it's, it was a reminder to him to always remember that he did not get where he was without help. The, you know, I, I want to get a turtle on a fence post painting and, and put them up because wherever you are in life, right, you want to know, you want to be reminded that you didn't get there by yourself. And here's a news flash for some of you who says, oh yeah, I did. I worked for everything I did. You know, God is in control, and he is the God of gods and the king of kings. And even outside of that, you had people who taught you and parents who loved you. And you said, well, my parents didn't even love me. Well, you, you had some people who taught you things, and you had opportunities because somebody hired you. And these things, right, we, none of us have gotten where we are without help. Amen? Get that. Get that. So I thank Pastor Jeff for reminding, reminding us yesterday of that story. Be thankful. Remember that we got here with the help of others. So as we go into Psalms 5, we're going to talk just about some of the some commandments in here. And then we're going to try to talk about these just kind of briefly. Uh, Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord. That's a command. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Now, um, some of your versions, I think, say make a joyful noise to the Lord. Um, maybe even some, some of them say sing. But that word shout there, Make a joyful shout is the word in the Hebrew is is like a an ear piercing, loud, breaking apart sound. It would be used for a trumpet blast. It would be used for a pro proclamation of something really loud. So when it says make a joyful shout, it's like it's going out there. And we're commanded to make that that shout to the Lord. And it's going to talk about, well, what are we going to shout? Well, we're going to declare his name. Declare his name. I heard a story from a missionary who was in India, and he, and, and he had come across a man who had developed a cure for a progressive blindness that was happening in, a, in an area that he was working at. And so he went in, and I believe he was, a, he was a doctor, and people began to come to him, and he cured their progressive blindness. Um, it, it was amazing. And so the people, you know, they'd come to him and they could re they realize, wow, I can see, and I was going blind. Any of you who have ever uh, needed glasses over the course of your life and didn't get them and then got them for the first time, remember, that was like, oh, wow, I couldn't see. You know, I thought I could see. I thought stars were blobs. And, and so, that's, <laughs> so that's what happened to these people. They didn't even know that this was happening. So he cures it. And, and he says, but you know, it's interesting. None of these people ever came back and thanked me. They didn't say thank you. He says, but then I studied and I found out why. In their language, they don't have a word for thank you. Instead, they used a different word that, that meant tell your name. And they would come back and said, I will tell your name. I will tell your name. In other words, I will tell others about you and what you have done for me, and that's my way of saying thanks. I will tell your name. And I think, wow, isn't that a wonderful picture of this moment right here? Shout his praise. Sing his praise. Tell his name. Not just thank you, God, but proclaim it out that says, 
what he has done for us. And so that's the first commandment we find um, here in Psalm 100. The second one goes on and says, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. It doesn't say serve the church. It doesn't say serve the pastor, the preacher, serve the leader, serve an organization. It says serve the Lord. And that's a commandment found right here in Psalm 100. And, and the Bible teaches us over and over, really I think that when you read the New Testament, you find that, that he says be, he wants us to be his witnesses, to be salt, to be light, to proclaim him to the nations. He says go into all the world and make disciples and tell them about who I am, baptized. And so we're supposed to be together serving the Lord God by speaking his name, proclaiming what he's done for us. And that's what we're supposed to be busy about doing. Matthew 25 says, and as much as you've done it unto the one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. He wants us to love others. He wants to serve him by serving his people. And so, and it's, and we need to get it right because it shouldn't be out of fear or guilt or obligation. I think often that's what happens. And, and I apologize if that has ever happened from, from here that you feel, wow, oh, you know, pastor needs help. He's doing a lot by himself. I guess I need to help. You know, but, but to serve God and, and to serve him with gladness. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm not going to, I think that we, we really know, well, what, what does serving God look like? Well, it says, love one another, serve one another. When we serve, when we've done it to the least of my brother, we've done it unto me. So I think we, we, we're, we're big enough to know what serving the Lord really might look like. Another commandment found in Psalm 100, it says, <clears throat> come before his presence with singing. And, and there's other passages that make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So, you know, when we come together in, in worship, that's one of the commandments of God is to come before his presence with singing, to make a joyful noise. And I heard us this morning, and some of us were making a joyful noise. <laughs> Amen. And some of you don't sing because, you know, some, some people don't even sing. People, I don't want to sing because I just can't sing well. You know, just make a joyful noise to the Lord. Pastor Jeff has always said this for years and years. He, he says, if God has blessed you with a good voice, time of worship is your, your chance to give him thanks and to honor him with the voice that he gave you. And if God gave you a really bad voice, singing worship at the, is, is your chance to get even with him. <laughs> You're just, just, you know, but we're going to come before his presence with singing. We're going to declare his name. And, and he actually wants us to do that. There is something about, really, about singing. There's something about singing. I can't even, I mean, you know, I mean, you, you know, the, the two young people that are in love and they write a song and they try to sing to one another. And there's something special about singing. And so we sing to the Lord. It's actually a commandment. And it says, come before him with Joyful songs, too. So the first three things in this Psalm 100, he's saying, he says, he says, joyful and uh, with gladness. So he wants us, he wants us to be happy. He wants us to shout with joy. He wants us to be happy. He wants to uh, serve, serve with gladness and come with joyful songs. So now look around you. And see the people around you are fulfilling this. 
Are they happy or are they grumpy? <laughs> How are we doing? God actually wants us to be joyful. And if we, if we focus on the things that he's done in our life, we really should be. I mean, there's so much joy. And I tell you, it, because part of what he wants us to do is serve him and to, to declare his name and to be a witness, boy, being a joyful witness is certainly a lot better than being, I love Jesus. <laughs> I'm a Christian. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't want to be a bunch of Eeyores. Thanks for noticing. He wants us to be, you know, to be to be joyful. And I know joy might might look a little different on different people, but but he has done so much. Um, and so for another one. We'll, we'll just move on. Um, another command here found in Psalm 100 says, verse three: Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of his pasture. We need to know that he is God. It's not me. It's not me. Here's, here's a wake-up call for some of us. There is a God, and it's not you. And it's not me. It is he that made us. Begins to help and line us up into understanding that God created each of us and, and, and there's so many passages we know i mean he knew us from inside of our womb he knows the amount of hairs on our heads he formed us he crafted us it is god that made us apparently he wanted a medium-sized kind of short guy who's going to lose his hair <laughs> he, he wanted one of these in his family and so he created me and put a gift of sarcasm and poor humor but, but he created me and he put his spirit inside of me and he created you because we're all fearfully wonderfully made. But it was God that made us and everything that we are is not from us ourselves. It's he that's made us. He took every bone and every joint and he put it together and here we are. And we think, my goodness, God must have a sense of humor. I mean, look at what he has made. But then again, he's also the one who made the platypus. And anyone who could think of a platypus has got to have a sense of humor. Is it a mammal or is it not? It lays eggs, but it's warm blood as a tail. So anyways, you know he's not done. God's not done. He created us, but he's not done. He still has more for you. And, and because of this whole free will thing, some of us are, are in a place that God didn't really want us to be. In fact, some of us have bodies now that God didn't want us to have. You know, we've, maybe we've done some damage to them. We've done things to ourselves. But God's not done. He says, I'm, I, I, if you'll let me, I still have plans for you. Some of those things that you're struggling with, I actually want to deal with these. That's what he said. He says, I don't want you to struggle with these things. Those sins that are, that are just getting a hold of your life, he says, if you allow me, I, I'm not done. I want to keep working in you and through you to accomplish my purpose, but also because I just love you so much. I'm your maker. And I created you in my image. And because we're so vastly different physically, it's not what he's talking about. But he created our spirit man in his image. Then he says, the second part, 
He says, know that the Lord is God. He says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Most of us, I think, want to, want to be shepherds and not sheep. <laughs> but we're his sheep. And we need to know from God where to go. Because he knows where the better pastures are. In fact, a lot of us could attest to, you know, when I go out and try to find my own way in my own pasture lands, I have found some pretty crummy grass. I've found some bad water holes. I wandered off into some far countries. And I need the shepherd to lead me and to guide me. Because he knows me and he has a purpose for me. And he wants to take me into the places that are actually good for me. So God, I'm going to try to yield and, and be a good sheep. Because I am the people and the sheep of your pasture. I'll be the sheep. You be the shepherd, Lord. He also says this, and this is the last thing, it's the last command, I think, here. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. We can put those all into one section here. He wants us to, to be with him. In the Old Testament, God's presence was connected with the sanctuary. If you wanted to know, the, know God, you had to go to the sanctuary. When Jesus came, it says that that temple veil was torn, ripped in two from top to bottom that we might have access to go to God freely whenever we want including commuting up and down the hill Brenda and you're in your car to work and you know that girl goes up and down crazy times and that's her sanctuary because God is with us wherever we're at and he wants to fellowship with us all the time it's not just an hour and a half. I talked about this a few weeks ago. It's not 1% of our, our week here in this, in this box we call the church. He wants to fellowship and he wants us to come into his presence and his, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. He wants to be us to be in his presence all the time. And we already are, but we need to acknowledge that and say, God, take those moments. I, I, my, the car is a wonderful place to pray and to give praise to God. It's just awesome. Don't get locked into going to life group or going, going to church as where the presence of God is. God is with us all the time. And we need to be following this commandment, giving him thanks, giving him praise, bless his name all the time. You know, I was thinking, what if God began to treat us like we ought to treat him? I mean, I think some of us just started sweating. <laughs> What if God began to treat us like we, we sometimes treat him at least? What if he only met our needs to the same extent that we, gave, we give him our life? What if we never saw a flower bloom because we grumbled about the rain or the snow and ice? What if? What if God stopped caring for us because we stopped caring for others? Thank God that he is better than me. Thank God he's better than me because there would be a lot less flowers, be a lot less things because sometimes I grumble. I complain. What if he stopped blessing us today because we didn't thank him yesterday? Some of you were parents have thought about doing that and some of you have. Well, I'm just not going to give you what you want. We'll see how you like it. 
That's 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 our nature. We you know we get kids. Thank God that He's not like that. But just because He's not like that doesn't mean that we should remain like we are. Just because He's not going to take away His blessings, just because He's not going to stop the flowers from growing and do all the things that He does, doesn't mean that we should say, well, you know, since God's just going to keep doing that, I'm just not going to worry about it. But instead, let's commit ourselves to be lovers of God, to be people who would make a joyful shout and proclaim His name and serve God with gladness Come come with singing on our hearts and our mouths. Help us to know that He is God and that we are not, that we're His sheep and that He can lead us and guide us and that we should be willing to go where He says and not feel like we have all the answers and that we'll go into His presence with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for who He is and what He's done for us. So much more than what He's given to us in our material possessions. Lord, help us to be thankful that you don't treat us as our sins deserve, but you treat us because of your mercy, your grace in our life. And this message has challenged me. And I pray that this Thanksgiving will be more meaningful maybe than other, other times and other years in the past. Pray that you'll take the time to look through Psalm 100 again and, and begin to heed those commandments as we do that, that your heart will begin to overflow with thanksgiving to the Lord, and that mine will too. Because truly we are a blessed people whose God is the Lord. Heavenly Father, today I pray that you would help us to make a commitment to you. God, maybe it's a first commitment of putting our faith and trust in you as we have never done. Or a commitment to commit afresh our hearts and lives to you. God, to become desperate for you. We've lived our own lives at times, and maybe there's some in here that are living their own life for themselves. God, I pray that you would challenge us this morning to give you our all. Lord, I know you're challenging me to become a person of thanksgiving. Become who, someone who would sing your praise more, more diligently, more often. God, get my eyes off of my circumstances and put them on the God who made me. Lord, help me change my heart. Help me to commit to serve you with gladness and not with grumpiness. Lord, I pray that each of us, wherever we're at today, commits afresh to you. Lord, and I pray that you would help our, our eyes to see our blessings. Help our eyes to see what you've done for us. Become that people of God, thankful, joyful, who know you and know your presence. God, I pray that you keep all of us safe this week as we travel. And the most traveled day of the year is this week. Keep us safe as storms may come in. Lord, I pray for, and thank you for all those visiting. I pray that you encourage them this week as they're visiting away from their homes. Help this place, Big Bear, to be a place that they know you and come to find you in a deeper way. We give you our praise. In glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
precious in your sight, pleasing and acceptable, a living sacrifice, to be changed by your glory, to love you more and more, to seek your kingdom with all my heart, to Oh 